0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Welcome to those of you joining us online and glad that you can finally see something other than just green on the screen. Uh, We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We really do believe that the Lord is here, that when we gather together, whether it's in the room or online, that when we gather, it's the Lord that gathers us together that the Holy Spirit has been at work in our lives all week long and has brought us to this time and to this place to meet us right where we are. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, we are here today because you are great and your love for us is great. Thank you, God. As we sing that song and talk about uh, meeting you in the woods, meeting you in your creation, God, we thank you for the changing seasons and thank you for the ways that you do meet us right where we are. And we don't have to show up in a church building on Sunday for you to speak. And we thank you that you are with us uh, throughout the week, that you are with us every moment, uh, in the day, in the night. Uh, there is no place we can go to escape from your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for meeting us right where we are in the midst of our joys, in the midst of our struggles, in the good times, and the bad, in the really ugly times, God. You are right there with us. And so we come to you today confident in your ability uh, to transform our lives and our circumstances. Uh, and not just ours, but those of the world, God. Thank you that today we don't have to hold anything back from you or hide anything from you. Thank you that today we can come to you just uh, with all of our hearts, with all of our, uh, our mind and soul, with, with all of who we are, God. We can bring ourselves before you, the God who made us and loves us, and just live in the light we don't, have to, we don't have to hide anything from you. God, you know how desperately we need your help today. You know the frustrations that some of us are feeling and putting up with. You know the fears. You know the hurts. You know the questions and the doubts. For some of us, God, it's it's things that are in our family that are going on, and we're we're wondering, we're looking for direction from you, God. What can we do to try to help make things better? For some, it's relationships with friends that have that have fractured. For some of us, God, it's just things that we see around us in the world in general, things we see on the news that have us apprehensive and have us wondering, God, are you still are you still in charge of this whole thing? And sometimes, God, we can feel we can feel a little. Uh, a little powerless to, to change any of those things. God, today we thank you that you are not powerless, that you are still uh, actively involved in our world. You, you are moving the hearts of world leaders. You are shaping events as they play out, and, and God, we get to be a part of that. Would you help us in the, in the small part that we can play, God, in the, in the uh, in the lives that we live, in the, in the circles that we walk in, the people that we have a chance to influence. God, would you help us to be agents of your peace, of your reconciliation, of your grace? Would you help the love that you have given to us to flow from us into the lives of those around us? Would you help us, God, to be light, to let your light shine? Not, not to hide it, God. We don't want to hide the light you've given us, but, but to live our lives out in the open, to love out in the open, to be good, to be kind, to let your good fruit grow in us. <laughs> and for some of us, it really is the stuff going on in our lives today that that has us here, that has us oh, coming to you today with heavy hearts. its It's things within our own lives. It's Attitudes that we have a hard time shaking. It's actions and behaviors and habits that we uh, have a hard time breaking. God, and and we need your help today. We're coming to you hopeful that maybe you can help us to truly change, to change the way we think, to change the way we feel, to change the way that we live. God, today I believe that as we are open to you, you are able to change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our lives. By your love that you've shown us in your son Jesus Christ. So help us to be open to you and to your work today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Um, take just a second. We can't still aren't walking around and greeting and shaking everybody's hands and giving hugs, but take a minute. Look around. There are some people here you haven't seen in a while. Give them a quick wave and a quick, oh, hey, that's you. Oh, hey, good to see you. All right. Yeah. After the service, if you have a chance, you can go and grab them and, uh, and well, don't grab them, but you know, ask, like, hey, can I, uh, can, I give you a, can I shake your hand? Can I give you a fist bump? And something, you know, somewhere. We've all, we're all kind of in different places right now with all this stuff, aren't we? Oh, man. Um, so thank you to those of you who are continuing to, uh, to mask up as you come to church. Uh, I know we've got some folks that are much more comfortable being here, uh, knowing that you're wearing a mask. and. Uh, and uh, I know some of you at this point are, are sliding them off once you're in your seat, as long as we can all remember to, to keep them on once, we, uh, once we're walking around. Um, and if you are sitting anywhere close to somebody and you don't know, like I mean, some of you, you sat down next to somebody you know, right? Somebody you've already talked to, you know they're vaccinated, you're vaccinated, it's been a couple of weeks, you feel real comfortable. Um, But I know we still do have some folks that are saying like, I'm just waiting to show up until we're kind of a little bit further along. And so if you're joining us online today, thank you so much. We are so glad that you're with us. And uh, we look forward to the day that you feel comfortable to be in the room with us once again. Um, Man, uh, this whole thing has got us all... Uh, I had no idea. It would be over a year. We'd still be doing all this, but here we are. All right. um, Just by way of announcements real quick. uh, Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, announcement wise, uh, if you're here in the room, you can grab one of those little green cards back there by the offering box. Let us know you're with us, or you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. And those of you who are online, uh, obviously you can comment if you're with us on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, but uh, if you go to livinghope.info slash connect, that gives you a chance to let us know how to pray for you. It's a little more private than a Facebook comment, that sort of thing. And, uh, do we have that that we can pop up on the, on the screens back there? Yeah, okay. And uh, and of course, if you want to give, there's that, uh, that page, that you can that link you can give. Uh, or you can if you're here in the room, you can drop the card in the box, drop an offering in the box, that sort of thing. Um, one way that many of you have been generously giving is uh, connected with the, the World Vision's Global 6K for Water. It's coming up, it's May 22nd, is when we're gonna be across the street walking around five laps around the park. Uh, or some of you, you're just gonna be walking right where you are. You're gonna be walking in your neighborhoods. Uh, you don't really wanna get together with a group or you just want to walk at a different time, and that's fine, no problem with that. Uh, Go to Vapo6k.com if you haven't already to join the team, and your $50 registration or $25 for 18 and under, uh, that provides clean water for a child who um, they'll send you their picture. I love that. I always love getting that race bib and getting to see, like, oh, this is the child who's going to have clean water whose life will be changed because of me. So thank you for those of you who are participating in that. Uh, That's a a beautiful thing. And uh, next week... Though, uh, oh no, wait, I'm sorry. Two weeks from now, we've got this little questions series uh, about my big question, tough question, awkward question. And so, if you have not yet given me a question that has been bugging you, uh, please take a chance to do that today or this week. Uh, I'm already kind of preparing some that I know I've been asked uh, by some of you, questions that continue to come up, some of which are raised by our culture, the culture around us, uh, questions about race, about sexuality. There are questions that we're going we're gonna to tackle, we're going to wrestle with together. And, uh, and there are several others that I know that we could address. I mean, over the years, we've addressed dozens of questions, uh, on Sunday mornings. And I just want to know which ones are most pressing for you right now. So which questions do you have or do your friends have that they've been asking you? Um, let us know. Cause in two weeks we, we start that series. Um, next week is mother's day. That's what I was about to say a moment ago. Um, uh, can we pull that off there for a second? I want to be able to see the folks that are online. Oh, hi, welcome back. Okay. um, um Next week is Mother's Day, and uh, we don't have any graphic to put on the screen or anything. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I know some of you are. Some of you are like, oh, Mother's Day, that's the day I skip every year. Uh, just so you know, if that's you, because we know that Mother's Day can be an extremely painful holiday for many people. If that's you next week will be a Sunday. You don't have to skip. All right. Uh, next Sunday will be a Sunday that you'll be glad that you participated. Um, we do on, uh, on mother's day, encourage people to give to the women's center. And i forgot to get that link for that on the screen, but we will have that link, uh, for where you can donate to them. Usually we have baby bottles on the tables on mother's day. They, I reached out to them. They said, yeah, we're not doing that this year. I don't know if it's because of COVID or because they just stopped doing it. I don't know yet, but, um, But we'll have that link to you. I think it was in the last email that I sent out to all you guys. It'll be in the one I sent out this week, and we'll have it for you next Sunday. If you're not yet getting those emails from us, uh, I don't think I sent one out this past week, but there was one the week before that talked about Mother's Day and the Women's Center and the question series and all of that. Uh, If you're not getting those periodically, it's usually about once a week or every other week. If you've not been getting those, let us know. We we must have a typo in your email address or something. We want to make sure that you uh, are aware of what's going on in the life of the church so that you can participate, including things things like an easy-to-click-on link to donate to the Women's Center if you'd like to or if you'd like to learn more about them. So that's that's next Sunday. Um. Today, though, uh, I feel like I've kind of transitioning between the series we just finished on uh, living a fruitful life and growing and letting God grow beautiful fruit in our lives, and the series that uh, starts in a couple of weeks about these big questions. If you're in the room, you know you got a little piece of paper that at the top says growing through questions on it, and uh, that's something that I think is a hugely important part of the Christian life. It's been hugely important for me anyway. Let me just put it that way, all right? Much of my growth as a Christian Uh, over the years, has come because of questions, because um, they were questions that were asked of me by professors or teachers or that sort of thing, questions that just that I had, and and I had people in my life who were willing to help me to explore those questions. People who didn't shut me down and say, oh, no, no, we don't ask questions like that around here. Some of you have had that happen to you, right? You've had, you've had questions. You've raised questions. I hear stories sometimes about kids who are, like, in Sunday school or whatever, and the teacher got mad because they were asking questions they felt like were inappropriate or, or something like that. Like, hey, we don't ask those kinds of questions about God or about church or about the pastor or whatever, you know. And uh, if that happened to you, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Or if some pastor along the way uh, pounded away, they're like, you shouldn't be asking questions. You should just trust God. Just believe me. Just, you know, this authoritarian kind of way of leading a church or something. Mm, man, that just rubs me the wrong way, um, because that's not what Christianity's about, all right? Uh, Christian faith is one that welcomes questions, that, uh, that invites us to, to keep our brains switched on and to explore and to ask. Um, so I just wanted to make sure today, that's kind of where I want to go with today's message, is to encourage you to ask those questions, to not be afraid of bringing all of who you are into this thing called Christian faith, that we bring all of who we are to Jesus, right? Uh, we have sometimes, uh, I mentioned, we've addressed all kinds of questions over the years. Some have been like intellectual type questions, people who are exploring Christian faith and they're trying to wrestle with like, okay, so does it mean this? What does Christian faith say about this or that issue? Or, or how do I make sense of this particular you know, aspect of theology? Uh, some of them have been just practical questions. Well, how do I pray about this? Or how do I love these neighbors? Or how do I, you know, how do I do this part of the Christian life? Uh, some are really like existential questions like uh, at the core of who we are like, does it mean God doesn't love me anymore if I go through this or if I've experienced that? Or you know, where is God when I hurt, when things are, when things are bad? Is, that, is God just absent or how does God fit together with, with the pain we see in the world around us? So whatever question we might have, God does not like push us away or condemn us for asking those. I, I think God welcomes that. I was so glad I had a professor as I was making my way through All of Nazarene University uh, in my undergrad that pointed to this verse that we've got uh, in our notes. I think they're on the screen there from Matthew chapter two, where Jesus was asked, "Remember, what's the most important command in all of the commands God's given us?" And his reply was, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your what does it say? Mind, all your mind." says, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He says, if we want to please God, if we want to live the life God created us to live, then we're going to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? We're going to live lives of love in the world. And we're going to love God with all that we are. And that includes our minds. We don't love God with all of our hearts and just like turn off our brains, right? That's not, what, that's not Christian faith. Christian faith says, okay, God, I'm going to love you with my mind. That means the thoughts that I think, the questions that I have, the, the, the things that cause me to wrestle you know, mentally, I'm going to bring those to you. I'm going to love you with those thoughts. I'm going to trust, God, that you can help me to find answers to these questions. Or at the very least, you're going to guide me well as I explore them, right? Because I'll just be honest with you. I don't have answers to every question right? God didn't give a secret book to pastors that, like, explains it all, right? Uh, We've all got the Bible to work from, and sure, I got to go to classes that helped me to dig into the background of the Bible and help me learn more about the, uh, you know, the context that it arose out of and dig into the original languages, and I got to do those things in college and seminary, and and I've got books that anybody else could buy and read, you know, by scholars who study these things, but there's no, like, secret answer book that God gave to me that says, like, and if somebody asks about this, tell them this, right? Um, That book doesn't exist, Okay, and sometimes I wish it did, um, but uh, but we can together love God with our minds and bring these questions to God and, and humbly acknowledge that God, we're still asking here. We we don't we haven't found the answer yet. We're still curious. We're still exploring this. We'd like to know how would you have us to handle this aspect of life and to handle it in a way that honors you. Reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven. We said, "Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking." And you will find, keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He said, Look, it, there's nothing wrong with asking and seeking. He tells us to, and he tells us not to just ask, but to, like, this translation brings out something in the original that's like, this is a continual thing that you're doing. It's not just like, ask once, and you'll get it, and then you can move on. You know, just look for it once, seek once, and just move on. And no, he's like, this is a a way of life that we ask, we seek, we knock, and that's how we get the doors opened. That's how we find what we're looking for. That's That's how we receive what we need. We keep on asking. We keep on seeking. We keep on knocking. And what do you know? We, we find what we're looking for. Um, otherwise, if you don't, I think sometimes some of us feel like, uh, I don't know. It's like folks I've talked to before where they, they tell me that they're, you know, trying to do something, but they're not really actively doing anything to move that ball down the field. You know, have you ever talked to somebody like that where they said, like, oh, man, yeah, I really really need a job. You know, I, I, I need a different job. Uh, maybe they're not working. Maybe they are working. They, they got to get something different, you know, like, oh, man, I wish I could, wish I could change jobs. Oh, what are you looking for? well, uh, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really looking, you know, like, well, wait, what do you mean, you know, or you know, they need work, and like, oh, where, where have you been applying, like, uh, I guess I haven't really done anything in the last week, oh, a week before, though, you, well, no, not that week either, and um, like, well, come on, man, you got to make some phone calls, you got you to put some applications in, you got you to look around if you're expecting to find that job, you know, whatever it might be, and not just, that's just the example that popped into my head right away. You know, We all have those kinds of things in our lives. I have that personally, okay? I'm a procrastinator. There's plenty of tiny things that people could ask me, like, hey, Rich, what have you done to move that ball down the field? And like, oh, nothing really recently. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look, if you want answers, you've got to be looking for them. You've got to be asking and seeking and knocking, and then you find yourself receiving and finding and doors being opened. Um, there's all kinds of things that can cause us to miss that or, or avoid that but before i get to that little list that you've got there in your notes i want to look at matthew chapter 18 where jesus calls a little child he says he called a child to him put the child among the disciples there and he said i tell you the truth unless you turn from your sins and become like little children you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. His disciples have just been arguing and asking, asking him like, hey, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, when you set up your your kingdom, who's going to be the greatest? Because they all want to be the greatest. And he pulls a child in and says, people who become like this child, who become humble like this child, they are the greatest. And if you can't humble yourself like a child, you might not even get in to the kingdom of heaven. If you're so full of yourself that you can't imagine you know, like serving someone else, or if you always have to get your own way, and, and you know, children often don't get their own way, right? Um, and it frustrates them when they don't. But uh, he says, if you you got to humble yourself like a child if you want to. That's, that's where greatness lies in the kingdom of heaven. Because I think about those things that make us miss the growth that questioning can bring. You know, the, the, the growth that we can experience in our lives by, through asking questions. And, and one of the first things, frankly, that stops a lot of us is we, just, we refuse to ask the questions. We have this arrogance that says, I have all the answers already. right? I already have it all figured out. This is at the front of the list because this, this was me. okay? Because so, this, this was me in my younger years. all right? I'm not pointing my finger at anyone but myself. Um, we think we've already got it figured out. Oh, yeah, I've already asked and answered. You know, And so I don't need to keep asking that question when the reality is that uh, you know, we might need to be humble like a child and realize that, you know what, that person over there that disagrees with us, it's, it's honest disagreement. They're, they're not just wrong. They're not just, you know, they've got something. They are seeing a side of this that, that I haven't seen. They've explored an aspect of this situation that I didn't even realize existed and so maybe I should be humble enough to listen. Maybe I should be humble enough to realize that I don't have it all figured out. I didn't include this verse in here. I, I mentioned it, I think, this last Friday, maybe, in the little daily prayer video. Um, the, the verse from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, where he says, you know, right now, everything I know is just partial and incomplete. You know, someday I'll know fully, just as I am fully known by God. But right now, it's like I'm seeing in a, in a you know, cloudy mirror, it's like I'm seeing through a glass kind of dimly. You know, like, like there's, there's stuff that occludes my view. I can't, I can't see everything I'd like to be able to see. What I know now is, is partial and incomplete. Well, if that's true, that's a, that's a, that's a humble position for Paul to take. You know, the Apostle Paul who wrote so much of our New Testament, right? <laughs> I mean, God worked through this guy in amazing ways, and he was still able to say, yeah, but you know, I don't have it all figured out. Well, then maybe I shouldn't think I have it all figured out. Maybe I should be humble enough to acknowledge I still have things to learn. And if I can do that, then, man, there's all kinds of growth that I can experience if I'm willing to, to ask those questions or explore those questions. Or some of us who are kind of on the flip side of that, instead of thinking we have all the answers, we think, well, there just aren't any answers. We kind of, we're, we're kind of hopeless or despair was the word I put there because I wasn't sure what else, what other word to call that. Uh, but this attitude that says like, you know what? I looked for answers, couldn't find any. I just don't think there are any answers. You know, to the, the suffering in the world, this whole thing, this whole existence is just kind of meaningless. Um, and so I don't. I don't really think there is anything to this. Any deeper meaning? Any reason to even ask these questions? Because it's there's there's just no meaning to any of it. If we if we stick there, I mean there's it's understandable to land there, to experience that, to experience the the frustration, the despair that says I haven't been able to, been able to find answers. You know, this all seems meaningless. There's a whole book in the Bible that repeatedly says, the book of Ecclesiastes, I think it is, right, that says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, That because he experiences that, as he, but then you continue in that book, and you continue to see the things he explores and, and how he finds meaning in God. If you are in that place, let me encourage you to, to pick your head up a minute and to consider that maybe it's not all meaningless. Maybe the people that you know around you who seem to be finding meaning in life, maybe Maybe there really is a meaning to be found. Maybe there really can be some answers, some help along the journey if you open yourself up to some other folks being involved in your questions and in your situation. Uh, some of us, and this kind of plays into what I mentioned earlier, uh, some of us, it's fear. You know, or there, there have been people with like a fear-based uh, shutting down the questions thing. Like, Maybe you're afraid to make God angry. right? Like, hey, we don't ask questions. Like that. That's blasphemous. You know, we, don't, we don't ask those kinds of questions. You know, you're trying to, trying to make God mad here. Um, I think sometimes it's just the pastor gets mad and he thinks God gets mad because he's mad or something. But anyway, um, I think sometimes it's, it's a fear of making God angry or fear that like maybe this whole thing isn't as solid as I think it is. And if people start asking questions, it's like playing Jenga or something, you know, like they start pulling pieces out and asking questions about this or asking questions about that. Oh man, the whole thing might just fall apart. And like, no, 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 it's not that unstable, right? Christian faith is not so unstable. God is not threatened by our questions, You know, God's kingdom will come. His will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. No matter what questions we have, no matter what questions we ask, God is not afraid of our questions. We shouldn't be afraid of our questions. Yes, it might mean that we end up leaving behind some version of faith that we picked up as a child that needs to have some questions asked, that needs some holes poked in it, perhaps. We need to discover and to grow and to learn, to move beyond just a childish understanding of faith. I mean, we move beyond a childish understanding of most things as we grow up, right? Um, it should make sense that faith, too, that we experience growth in that as we grow up. That our view of who God is becomes more nuanced, and our view of how we're supposed to live life becomes clearer. As we ask different questions as we grow up, there's no- nothing to be afraid of with those questions. God can lead us well through them and can actually help us to grow. Our faith becomes stronger, not weaker. Or for some of us, frankly, it's just, it's just apathy. You know, it's just, I, I was going to put laziness there, and I thought, well, I don't know. I don't know. Just, but just that sense of, eh, maybe later. I don't really care about this stuff. I got other things to focus on. Uh, you know, there's other stuff I care about more. And yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. You know, sometimes we can find ourselves there, frankly. Just saying like, yeah, I don't know that any of this really matters to my life. You know, I got stuff I'm I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to be hanging with friends, or I'm going to be doing this, going, doing that, whatever. And I don't know that any of this God stuff really matters. If, if God's there, great. If he's not, okay. If it makes sense, that's bonus. But if it doesn't, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> we will miss the growth that we could experience if that's where we land, if we stay there, all right? Uh, instead, what I hope that we will do, uh, what I hope we'll do is be willing to wrestle with the questions, these questions that we find ourselves having, whatever form they might take, um, whether they're the, just the intellectual questions or the practical questions or the existential, whatever questions we might have, if we will wrestle with them, if we'll pursue them, if we'll go ahead and ask them in Christian community with people that we trust that can help us to, to hopefully move them in a good direction, then we could really experience some, some real growth. You know, we could understand God better. We could be better prepared for the situations that we face in life if we'll ask these questions, if we'll be willing to wrestle with them, especially those big or awkward or tough questions. Um, I mentioned in your notes that there are great examples of this in the Psalms, in the book of Job. Um, I feel like there, there are these things I feel like I say way too often, but maybe I just don't. Uh, maybe it's just I think them too often. I don't actually say them too often. But the book of Psalms is a fantastic resource for, for human life and experience. Um, so many of the Psalms, I think sometimes we just think, oh, yeah, Psalms, like 23rd Psalm, Lord's my shepherd, okay, whatever. You know, or um, you know, some of the Psalms that are like you know, happy and praise and get turned into songs we use on a Sunday or that kind of thing. So many of the Psalms are coming from a dark place where the, the author has some real questions about, God, are you there God, are you real? God, how long are you going to let my enemies, you know, win? Um, you know, are you hearing my prayers? Or are they just bouncing off the ceiling? Or, you know, like the 22nd Psalm, right before that 23rd Psalm, with all the beauty about God being a shepherd, the one that Jesus quotes from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my cries for help? And the, the Psalms are, are a wonderful example of faithful wrestling with kind of existential questions in life. Of saying, you know what, I can bring these questions, I can bring them to God and wrestle with them in God's presence. I don't need to let these questions lead me away from God or away from faith. These questions can lead me to a deeper faith and a deeper connection with the God who made me and loves me if I'm willing to do that, if I'm willing to wrestle with them. The book of Job is another great example. If you just read the first couple of chapters of Job, you think, oh man, this whole thing is so very unfair. And Job just handles it like a champ, you know. He comes across as kind of like Zen, Zen master Job, right? Uh, it starts out, we kind of get this peek behind the curtain of like God and, and Satan, the accuser, who's accusing Job of only following God because God blesses him. And, and God says, no, that's not true. And the accuser says, oh, yeah, it is. I mean, if you took all that stuff away from him, he'd curse you just like anybody else. He's like, no, no, he wouldn't. And he says, oh, yeah, he would. They go back and forth a couple of times. And finally, God says, fine, you want to test him? Go ahead. Well, we'll take away the stuff and you'll see. And sure enough, Job goes through it. Man, he loses his family, he loses his wealth, he loses his health. The only person he has left is his wife, who's telling him to just curse God and die. And uh, finally, some friends show up and they just sit with him for like a week, I think it says. And they just sit with him wordlessly and, and he's comforted by their presence. And, and he's, at that point, Job is, like I said, like a Zen master. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, it's kind of like whatever God wants for me, I'm willing to accept. And if you just read that, you'd think, oh man, that's not me. Okay, good for, good for you, Job. Because then after that, his friends open their mouths and they start telling Job, like, so, when are you going to admit what you did wrong so God can quit punishing you like this? Wait, what do you mean? I, I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, of course you did. Because we know God doesn't punish righteous people. God only punishes sinners. You know? So you must have done something terrible to, to deserve all this. You know, Just get it out in the open. Just confess it. Just confess it so God can forgive you. And Job like, insists that he did nothing to deserve this. And you get this long book of the Bible where they go back and forth and everybody gets a turn to speak. And they think it might have been like a stage play acted out where the you know, different actors come on and they give their monologue. And the next person comes on and, they give their, and Job comes up and he gives, shakes his fist at God. And, and you know, that's what Job does in the, in the middle of the book. He's shaking his fist at God. He's saying, God, show up. You know, I I didn't do anything to deserve this. What is going on? This doesn't make any sense. I've got these friends telling me I must have sinned, but I know I didn't. I know I did nothing to deserve this. I know that you and I were, you know, good accounts before all this happened. I don't know what this is. God, would you please answer this? By the end of the book, God actually does show up. He doesn't answer all Job's questions. But God does show up and vindicates Job and restores to him like... I don't just, you know, I'll just be honest with you. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But like all of a sudden he's got like, he's got, you know, more family and more wealth and all this stuff. Is like God restores to him all that he took away and more. And, uh, and God says, you guys didn't, didn't say what was right about me, but Job did. I'm going to ask Job to pray for you so that you can be forgiven. You know, like Job has come out of this clean. Um, it's a, it's an ugly experience that Job goes through. But because he's not willing to just do what his wife said, curse God and die and just give up on the whole thing, and because he didn't just go with his friends and say, well, I guess I, you must be right. I must have just done something, and please, God, help. You know, he wrestles with God and with the questions, and in the end, God shows up. And Job knows God. God had never shown up for Job like that before. I've not had God show up for me like he did for Job. Job had an experience with God, perhaps unlike anyone else on the planet, because he was willing to wrestle with the questions, because he was willing to, to, to pursue it. There's another kind of weird story we've got in our Bibles in the book of Genesis, chapter 32, that I want us to look at real quick. Um, it's a story about Jacob, um, who, if you remember, there's a, there's a guy named Abraham that God comes to him and says, you know, leave the land I've, uh, that you've lived in and go to the land I'll show you. And he leads him to this promised land. And then Abraham has this Isaac, this son in his old age. Isaac has these two boys, Jacob and Esau, and they've got a bad relationship from the start. And There's all kinds of family dysfunction that goes on there. And uh, and Jacob, in the middle of this big story of family dysfunction and his own failures and his own deceitfulness, uh, has this encounter with God in the wilderness by himself, It says uh, right here. I think this is Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 24. Uh, This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. I don't know what was going on there. That some guy just shows up and they start wrestling. But anyway, that's the story. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. And the man said, "Let me go, for the dawn's breaking." And and uh, Jacob, I'm guessing through gritted teeth in pain, said, "No." I'm not letting you go until, unless you bless me. So I don't, again, I don't know what was going on, that Jacob was aware that this man had a blessing to give. But what is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. That's what Israel means, like wrestling with God. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. And apparently then Jacob let him go and the guy leaves. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. So he had a sense somehow through this whole experience, he's wrestling not just with some dude that showed up in the camp, but that he's wrestling with God. As he is going through all the stuff he's going you can read later if you want the, the story of Jacob in there and his, his troubles with his brother and all the rest. He's, he's wondering how life is going to go after this point. He's, he's not sure what's next for him. He wrestles with God. He sees God face to face. Again, has an experience with God that perhaps no one else has ever had. It says, The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. He had a lasting ramifications, both good and bad, from this wrestling match that he had just experienced. And I, I want to encourage you with the questions that you might have to not be afraid to wrestle with them. Not be afraid to, to wrestle with them with God. To, to, to take your questions to God to, to bring them to, to us, to the people of God, to the church, you know, and to say, hey, will you help me wrestle with this? Maybe we'll wrestle with them together on Sunday morning. Maybe we'll wrestle with them together a little more uh, interactively on Wednesday night in the Bible study. Um, bring your questions because if you are willing to wrestle with them, I believe, I really do believe that you will have an encounter with God unlike any that you've had otherwise. If you, if you just don't ask the questions, you're gonna miss out. Now, yes, it won't always just be pleasant you might end up learning things you wish you hadn't. You might, you might wish you could go back to that childlike faith you had before, before you'd asked all those questions, before you'd learned the more nuanced answers. You might walk away with a little bit of a limp, but you will have been blessed by God. You will have met with God in a way that you might not have otherwise. James, in his letter that we have in our New Testament, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. These questions sometimes can be a test of our faith. Am I going to bring these questions to God or am I going to let these questions derail me? Am I going to walk away from God because of these questions? Because something doesn't match up or something doesn't make sense to me? Am I just going to let that, you know, get me off track and say, okay, I guess this whole Christianity thing doesn't have it? Or am I going to go ahead and and say, okay, God, I thank you that this question has been raised because this is an opportunity for me to grow. I'm gonna, I am going to wrestle. I am going to persevere. So, so some, some, some suggestions that I, I put there in your notes. Ask honestly. You know, Do I really want an answer? You know, don't just use a question as something to shut somebody else up or to shut something down. Ask honestly. Do I really want an answer to this question? Ask persistently. You know, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Don't give up. And ask Humbly. You know, get the help that you need. Ask this question, you know, with other people who might have an answer or might have a a piece of the puzzle that you don't have. And that's where James continues. The very next verse says: if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You God is happy to help us to wrestle with our questions. They don't have to shut us down. They don't have to uh, be faith stoppers. They can be moments for faith to grow in a way that it, ha- that it never has before and wouldn't have otherwise. I just wanted to remind you of this verse. You've probably heard it before from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. This is one of the Old Testament prophets speaking to God's people in a time of, of great difficulty. And God says to them, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And there's part of me that wants to add to that and your soul, and your mind. you know, <laughs> Love God with all that you are. He's kind of pulling together all the different pieces. You know, Keep seeking with all that you are, all your heart. If you do, you will find me there. You know, Jesus said, uh, I don't have this in your notes, but Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? Jesus called himself the truth. And so anytime I encounter anybody who's on this journey of life and they've got questions and they're looking for answers, I'm, I always encourage them. Even if they're not, you know, if, if they're not especially looking to Jesus or they're, you know, part of some other faith tradition or no tradition at all, but they're an honest seeker of truth, I always encourage that. Because Jesus says, I am the truth. And so I believe if anyone's seeking truth, eventually that's going to lead them toward Jesus. That eventually that's going to lead them toward their Heavenly Father who loves them. And we'll have more to say about that in a couple of weeks. But right now, let's bow our heads and let's pray together before we celebrate communion. Thank you, God. Thank you for the love that you have for us and for inviting us to love you back with all that we are. Heart, soul, mind, strength. God, I pray that you'd help us to be willing to to do some, some honest wrestling with the questions that we, that we have, the questions that get raised by our friends, the questions that get raised by life as it throws things at us, the questions that just get raised by us as we are trying to figure this whole thing out, as we're reading the scriptures and as we're praying to you and as we're trying to do what you would have us to do, God, you know we have all sorts of questions that come up. Would you help us, God? Would you help us to, to honestly seek answers to those questions? Would you help us um, to wrestle with you and we know, God, that we might not get all our questions answered just the way we want them. We, we might not, uh, it might not be the most pleasant of journeys. But God, I do believe that you will meet us there in the questioning. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us and for meeting us where we really are. So I hope us to be honest with you. God, we thank you that we have this sacrament we get to celebrate today that reminds us that you meet us right where we are. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice and we pray that by your spirit's presence here with us that we will meet our crucified and risen Lord Jesus in his body and in his blood. We offer to you ourselves, admitting to you our need of your grace and mercy, confessing today, That we have not loved you with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. There are things we have done that we should not have done. There are things that we should have done that we left undone. God, we need your grace. We need your forgiveness. Today we come to you confident in your love for us. That you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Confident that in his death and resurrection, he has defeated the powers of sin and death and set us free so that today we can live freely and lightly. Today we can, we can come into the light confident in your love for us, not stuck in the dark any longer. So we offer you ourselves today, God, and pray that by your Spirit's presence in our own lives that we might be changed, that we might be transformed, that we might be given new life, So that we can live in this world as the body of Christ. As your hands and feet. As your sons and daughters. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. If you're joining us uh, online, this is a chance to, to grab some bread, to grab some juice, uh, so that we can, you can celebrate together with us. If you're here in the room, then you know there's some little cups on the tables and on the chairs that you'll be able to, to peel back the one and get to the bread and peel back another and get to the juice. And This is a, this is a way for us to celebrate communion today that uh, tries to still keep us all uh, from you know, bumping into each other and all that good stuff. So, Thank you, God for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who held nothing back for us, but out of love for us, went all the way to the cross, took our sin and death, and then showed us that your love and your grace is greater than our sin. You raised from death, God, so that we now today can have life. Thank you, God, for this sacrament that we get to celebrate Remembering that on the night he was betrayed, that Jesus celebrated that Passover meal with his disciples, celebrating your great deliverance, took bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, eat this, all of you. This is my body broken for you. When you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. After supper, he took the cup. Gave it to his disciples and said, This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. This seals the new agreement between God and humanity. Let's take and drink. We are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus, that you have shared your grace, your love, the life of God with us. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit, would you guide us through the questions, <laughs> through the, the opportunities to love and to serve? Would you guide us through this life, God, in such a way that we know that we are led by you? We know that we are walking in your sight. We know that we are empowered by your Holy Spirit, the same power that you use to raise Christ from the dead at work in our lives, helping us to be a people of love. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. There we go. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Amen.